2: and welcome back to Mads World. I am your host Mads and thank you for coming back for another week of the pod. So I feel like I've connected with a lot of you out there through both the podcast and sobriety on social media and it got me thinking about how much time we all spend on the internet speaking to one another. Following my recent breakup, I've re-fallen in love with all of my friends again and I'm finding friendship and being around others a really powerful healing tool. Through pondering both the internet relationships that we build and have formed in lockdown, alongside my real-life friends that I spent a lot of time with, it got me thinking about modern dating. We invest a lot of time on dating apps, going out to meet potential sexual or romantic partners on dates, only to have them fail or sometimes succeed time and time again, when the one constant in our lives is our friends. So I figured, why not try and transform my online friendships to real-life connections? If I am willing to meet a stranger from Tinder, one that I've only spoken to a couple of times, why not a nice girl I've been sharing memes with and speaking to in my DMs for a few months? The prospect of a new mate is just as appealing, if not more, as a potential boyfriend or someone who will simply end up ghosting me or standing me up. And the concept of a friend date was born. Up next is my chat with Beatrice, my first ever friend date, in the hopes to encourage you guys to go on a friend date of your own and hopefully make a new post-lockdown pal. Beatrice Grace is a singer-songwriter hailing from Kent, currently living in London. The serenity she finds from big seas and skies serves as inspiration for her writing, creating a visual landscape with her words, matched with sweetly nostalgic melodies. Her writing style is confessional and her conversational tone is very soothing to the ear, as you are about to hear. Enjoy. Hello,
0: B. Hello. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? So nice to speak to you. I know it's so nice. I've actually got a little bit of a
2: husky voice because I had my first ever sober house party last night. So I'm actually taking advantage Amazing. of it today because I have this sexy like <laughs> vibe going on. <laughs>
0: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. It was actually so much fun and I even kissed a boy, so it's very exciting. Yay, happy Sunday. I know, happy Sunday for me. First sober house party, that's a massive milestone. Oh, oh my God, I didn't think I'd be able to do it, but I think the trick is just having to take everything with a grain of salt. Like when you're looking at drunk people, if drunk people speaking to you, you just have to be like, this isn't annoying, this is funny, you know? But if you're in the wrong headspace, I think it would have been a lot harder.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Okay, well, let's kick off with our speed date round so everyone can get to know B a little bit better. So, how did you and I first meet? I guess we can start with how we first met on socials.
0: Yeah, so we first met through, well, yeah, virtually. We met virtually <laughs> um, through the Sober Girls Society Instagram page. I think it was that little pen pal thing um, where you tag your location. Yes.
2: And they put up a little post saying, um, yeah, say where you're from and like anyone who's sober and lives in the same area as you, you can connect. And we totally connected. And I think I gave you the link to my sobriety podcast and then... Here we are, yeah. (laughs) Here we are. Um, So what is your most prized possession and why? Oh, gosh,
0: these questions. Um, I would have to say probably... (laughs) I've got a, um, a bunny, like a teddy bear that my dad bought me when I was a Aww. born baby and I've had it for 26 years. Um, it's from mother care and it's totally worn out. My mum like knits little jumpers for him <laughs> and I think once she actually knit it, she like, she made like a three piece suit and a top hat for when I was really little. That's so cute. For him to go to the wedding with me. <laughs> 26 and I still have a teddy. <laughs>
2: yeah I mean I feel like that's more common than you'd think even like if you're going back to a guy's house or something I'm sure they just shove theirs in the cupboard and it's like hiding
0: <laughs> I like to, I hope to think so
2: I think my most prized possession it would probably be my passport because it means it links me to my family it means I can get home get to England do whatever I want so if I lost that I think I mean I did get robbed a few years ago oh my god and they took my phone macbook yeah everything but they didn't take my passport so I was pretty happy with Was that in London? Yeah it was I was in Stratford it was 5am and um, you know it was one of those really hot 30 degree days in summer it was that year of the heat wave and I woke up and there was a man in my room and I was like what the hell and I was like you know like naked from the waist down because it was so hot I was on top of the duvet and everything but I just was like half asleep and kind of thought it was the wi-fi man or something you know when you just kind of rationalize things when you're you know really tired and then he leant over me to like, get my phone, and he stinked like BO. Like, and I was like, this isn't right. And then opened my eyes, and like, I rolled over to get my phone or like my Mac, and it was just the charges there. And then he was like, rummaging through all my stuff, and he fully stole all my shit. And then I ended up like chucking on some little shorts. I'm like, right, and chased him out the house, chasing down the street <laughs> barefoot, <laughs> like Terminator, literally <laughs> legging it after this guy on a bike. Cause I just moved here, and I was like, honestly I need all that stuff like I, that's like my yeah. life in that guy's bag and yeah it oh turns out that, like he crowbarred the front door and everything it was that mild. is literally
0: like my worst nightmare that is that honestly like I get sometimes I get like sleep paralysis where
1: mm-hmm. I
0: like I can't move and I wake up and there's I, some it feels like there's someone standing over me but I can't move and can't do anything so that is literally like my, my worst nightmare Oh, gosh. Wow. I'm so sorry that happened to you.
2: (laughs) I know. I mean, I feel like it sounds really traumatizing, and I probably am on some level, like, super traumatized. But I just, yeah, I separate it from my actual feelings because I'm just like, it just feels like it didn't, it was so long ago and it didn't happen to me. But then sometimes if the door doesn't have a lock on it or whatever, I am a bit scared and stuff. And I don't like sleeping naked or anything because I'm just, like, so scared. Like, someone will break in and, like, see my butt. So, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. So um, our next question is, who are your favorite musicians?
0: This question always gets me as well because th- th- the list mm. is like endless. Um, mm-hmm. I love to sulk to Jeff Buckley, number mm-hmm. one. Um, mm-hmm. I really love Laura Marling. There's a, I think she's Aussie actually. There's an artist called Angie McMahon. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's really okay. cool. I yeah. love her music at the moment. And there's a South African artist called uh, Alice Phoebe Lou who I love. Her music's awesome. Um, her voice is just stunning. And my guilty pleasure is probably the mamas and the puffers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Love that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think for me it's like cringy indie rock bands from the early 2000s. Like I just love it because they're all my age. They all like live in and around London, so they're quite accessible. Yeah. Like if you DM, DM them on Insta, they reply because they're yeah. like slightly older <laughs> and they're like, want to get with you. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I can go to like the Royal Oak in fucking Columbia Road Flower Market and they're just like the Maccabees are just hanging out there and I'm just like,
0: hey. So... I once pushed one of the Maccabees off a, I don't know which member of the Maccabees it was, but I once pushed him <laughs> off a plastic chair. <laughs> Good Basically, I went to Reading Festival. I can't believe, I can't remember what year it was. I think it, maybe it was 2012. Um, me and my friend managed to get into the VIP area and we're just hanging out with Bombay Bicycle Club and yes. the Maccabees and absolutely plastered, obviously, uh, dancing on plastic chairs, but yeah, pushed pushed them off. And I was going, please play toothpaste kisses. I was being that really annoying <laughs> person. <laughs> play
2: Wonderwall. <Regrets>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh God. My God.
2: Oh, so you were a musician yourself and how long yeah. have you been doing music for?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't believe I just admitted that, sorry. Um, I have probably been... <laughs> I've probably been, I hope none of them listen to this, but like, anyway, um, I've probably been doing music since, I've been doing music since I was in primary school, um, so probably like seven or eight, playing piano,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was in a recorder consort. we used to have to like dress up as Tudors and do like these ye olde Tudor festivals.
2: <laughs> oh my god, what?
0: Yeah, I know, I've got pictures I can send you. <laughs> Please. Um, Yeah.
2: Well, usually I answer the questions as well, but I've been doing music never. So that's my answer to this question. (laughs) I can't sing, can't do anything. I actually, I did play saxophone in school for about four years.
0: Oh, amazing. But it was
2: no good. I just did it to, you know, be in the band and all my mates were in the band and like we got to go traveling around Australia and stuff. So I just, I hang in there by a thread, honestly. Sometimes I just pretend to play and go, yeah, it was hard. (laughs) there and just pretend to play like while the band was playing because <laughs> there's other saxes picking up the
0: slack. So <laughs> Amazing. I love that. <laughs> That's
2: great. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to be around your mates even if you're no good.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
2: Fake it till you make it, baby. Exactly. And our last question is what is the best thing about being single?
0: I would say the best thing about being single is – being able to work on yourself, give yourself all of the Mm -hmm. time instead of giving time to someone else, just loving yourself basically.
2: Yeah, I think every week since my breakup, which was about, yeah, three weeks or a month ago, I'm slowly, because I ask this question every podcast and every time people answer it, I'm like, yes, I agree. Whereas at the beginning, I was kind of like, no, this is terrible. I hate it. But now I'm like, (laughs) okay, I thought I was going to, like the fear of being single and the fear of potentially relapsing and starting drinking again, or the fear of whatever the future held was so scary. But that was actually scarier than what the reality of it was I was like just terrified I was like oh my god it's gonna be horrible but it just wasn't it was just fine so I think the fear is worse than anything that I actually experienced so yeah I'm actually pretty pretty stoked to be single and um it's so good. This brings us really nicely into our friend date and encouraging people to go on friend dates because I think over the last few weeks, I have re-fallen in love with all of my friends, even out- everyone out there listening. I feel like I've just been connecting with so many people through this podcast, through sobriety, through just being authentic and open about dating experiences. Like so many people, so many people out there are coming to me and saying, I'm so glad it's not just me having these horrible experiences and and all this. So <laughs> I think friendship and the fellowship and the sisterhood and all this is just so powerful for like healing, for support, for getting over breakups or, um, yeah, discovering more about yourself. So- you and I went on our very first friend date last week which was amazing but yeah I think um I mean you can kick us off with like how we sort of got to know each other and that on insta and then yeah like how our friend date went if you want just to just for the people to know
1: of
0: course yeah so so yeah obviously uh mentioned before that we connected through the Sober Girl Society Instagram page Mm. um and Yeah, I think I replied to some of your stories or something on Instagram and (laughs) then... It was like an exchanging of memes that was happening (laughs) and we definitely bonded over, I think it was bonding over uh, line of duty for sure. So good. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It was quite like a natural. And I think when you have the same interest as someone, like when you've got the same sense of humor, the same memes, we were both sober as well, which I think like really helped and we were both sort of, we're in the same like level through our sobriety. I think you're like a month behind me or something. So we're kind of going through coming out of lockdown or um, yeah, like lockdown easing together where yeah we're just going through all of those milestones that you go through yeah I think um yeah just got to the point where I was kind of like well look like if I go out with a random guy from tinder I've spoken to you know exchange four messages with why not just kind of translate some of those online relationships that you've got and make them real life friendships and so the friend date was born yeah
0: and it was great (laughs) even though you were really late (laughs) Oh my God.
2: I was 40 minutes late because the bloody tube, I thought I missed the tube. But i tell you what, when the trains get canceled or delayed, you do not miss the tube. I miss just <laughs> being everything virtual um, so that you can never be late. But anyway, um, it was amazing. We went to La Farola, which was like in Angel, had some tapas, like had some good conversations. I feel like because we already knew lots of stuff about each other. It was just like, it just flowed so I guess in terms of some questions and stuff about going on a friend date and what people can do listening if they want to try a friend date of their own what advice would you give to someone who might feel like they have less friends since lockdown or they're feeling yeah like a bit disconnected from from life
0: I would say that that feeling is completely normal I think that a lot of people Mm -hmm. will be feeling the same even if you don't think Mm -hmm. that they are and I think Mm -hmm. It's really important not to uh, don't let social media trick you and remember that you're seeing mm-hmm. like the highlight reel most of the time. So when you're seeing people going mm-hmm. out, you know, um it's important to try not to compare your life to to someone else's. But yeah, I think it's it, it's a to- totally normal feeling and it can also it's probably going to feel scary as well. We're coming out of lockdown and restrictions are being lifted like it, it could be quite mm-hmm. overwhelming the thought of actually being around people again, but I think that 's totally normal as well i 'm definitely feeling that honestly
2: yeah <laughs> at this at this house party last night, there was one point when there were so many people around. And I I could feel myself shaking, like my hands were shaking, my legs were shaking, and like I hadn't been drinking or anything. And I was just like, why am I shaking? Like I feel nervous or something or, I don't know, like a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah, And I was just kind of like, oh, my God, like I think it's just all of this, you know, social stimulation and being around people that was quite weird. So I think you need to give yourself a break and just realise that, Although it seems like everyone's in a rush to get back to normal and stuff, it's going to take a while for you know your body and your mind and everything to catch up. So definitely, um, in terms of. People who might be feeling a bit lonely or like they have less friends or have lost connection during lockdown, I think my advice would be something like podcast communities. So if you have a favorite podcast, it doesn't have to be Mads World, you can another <laughs> podcast. If you're cheating on me, I'll forgive you. Um, but yeah, reaching out to people that listen to the same kind of podcast you do. And, um, just like connecting with them or they have like specific Instagram pages for specific interests. So obviously we met through Sober Girl Society, but I mean, if you think about what sort of sets your soul on fire, what you feel really passionate about, something that you just love talking about, whether it's line of duty or whether it's the ukulele or whatever that might be, I think, yeah, having an in with with other people that have a similar interest to you is a really good place to start. Definitely. Yeah, I think Finding your tribe. So you, we spoke briefly before we started recording about finding your tribe. And what do you think the importance of finding your tribe is? I mean, I guess- it's just that desire to feel connected to other people and stuff, which has become really prevalent in lockdown with everyone sort of making more of an effort to socialize and catch up with each other and stuff. But yeah, what would you say in regards to finding your tribe?
0: Yeah, I think it's really important. And I think that um, humans crave connection and they just, you know, we're all mm. kind of muddling through life together, not, not, not really knowing what we're doing, <laughs> um, but it's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's happening anyway and uh, you can't control it, but It's Mm -hmm. just, I feel like it's a necessity to feel like you are seen and heard by people that understand you, vice versa. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's really important to, to, to find those people it doesn't have to be a, a massive amount of people it could just be one person or a couple of people you know mm. it's quality over quantity in terms of friendships I would say
2: so I guess as well another thing worth saying is that um, although we're encouraging friend dates in this episode if you're feeling like you want to devote more time to your friends that you've been sort of catching up with online and stuff and you want to just develop those friendships further it's not about having more friends it's just about like nourishing the friendships that you currently have as well yeah. and I think- going through this breakup is making me realize that so much like I think I'm typically someone who gets in a relationship and then can neglect their friends a little bit. I mean, you just get sort of wrapped up in it and I'm quite a social person, but if I'm getting all that socialization from one person, like a boyfriend, then I, yeah, I do neglect other areas of my life. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess it's just about putting energy into the friendships that you want to sort of nurture and encourage. So whether that's a new one like you and I or whether it's an existing one, it's just, it's really cool to do and really important. Yeah, I
0: think also that lockdown has been, almost well I, I don't know if it's all right to say this but maybe a blessing for some people because it really makes you reassess like mm. your your relationships with people because you've had to have so much time alone and actually assess who you want to hang around, who you want to be around, um, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Definitely. And I, as well, um, I'm finding that all the people who, you know, in the last few years, the the kind of friends you have that you're like, do you want to go for brunch? Do you want to go out? They're like, nah, I'm just going to stay in or nah, you know, I'm going to hang out with my boyfriend or i can not be bothered or I'm not going to come for a beer after work. I'm going to go home. (laughs) They're all the ones being like, when are we going out? What are we doing? I feel like everyone, even if you're the kind of introverted person who's happy to just stay home and watch a movie, everyone wants to get out and see each other yeah. and do things and it's like reinvigorated real-life interaction in a way that is like I've never seen before, you know. Never in the past we would have met on Instagram yeah. and just like talked back and forth and then met up in real life. Like it, you, do you know what I mean? Like I feel really empowered to sort of branch out and just do everything and meet everyone. And I'm moving house soon with um, – because I moved into a house with one other person pre-breakup and now that I've gone through this breakup, I've realized that I'm a social butterfly. I need to spread my wings and fly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm moving (laughs) back into a share house and I'm like, I miss this. Like I need people around me. Like I need people to listen to and learn from and lean on and all these things. Like I think, yeah, it's really really reinvigorated the way that we view socialization.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we've been isolated for so long. Like I'm surprised the whole world's not in one Mm. just massive orgy right now.
2: <laughs> genuinely oh my god I was going to ask as well what do you think about the quote from Sex in the City maybe our girlfriends are our soulmates and guys are just people to have fun with so I love this quote because I think going through a breakup again and sorry I keep going back to it but I think you do realize that your friends are the constant in your life and you'll yeah. go through so many romantic relationships and stuff and then you can always go back to your friends. Like I feel like even if my friends sort of took a step away when they were really into their relationship and that and then came back, I'd always just be there for them. And mm. I mean, female friendships especially, you can open up to the girls. I feel like I can talk to them about anything, whereas sometimes in a romantic relationship that might not be possible. And I I don't think we should expect a romantic partner to be able to deliver on every element that we might need. So I don't know. Yeah. I think female friendships to me play a huge part in yeah, developing who you are as a person and just learning about the world and stuff. But what do you think about that quote?
0: Um, well, first off, I have actually never watched Sex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold my hands up and admit that. But I yeah. don't know if I agree with the quote, mm-hmm. just because I believe that you can have you can be soulmates with anyone, mm-hmm. and th- and just because you're soulmates, it doesn't mean that they ha- they're going to be in your life for like the rest of your life you can meet these people so and they true. can sort of like come in and out and it could could even be or like you could find your soulmate within an animal as well so it's so not just true. people I don't think but yeah I think it's very like fluid
2: do you think that you can um have more than one soulmate then
0: absolutely I think so I yeah. feel like I have got more than one soulmate or I've had people that are soulmates and not in my life mm. anymore but had that real deep deep connection with
2: I think as well hindsight is so important with with what you consider a soulmate so there's definitely been people that I've been with in the past and at the time whether it's fueled by lust or just like connection at that time or you know alcohol or whatever it is you're kind of just like wow this person's incredible like how could I have ever lived without them and then when everything ends and they hurt you or betray you or whatever and you are living without them you're like how could I ever see that I mean I think the idea of a soulmate is that someone is imprinting on your life so much and having such an impact on your life that, you know, that sort of stays with you forever. But I mean- there's been transient relationships in my life like one where I got cheated on and at the time it was so powerful and I would have you couldn't have convinced me otherwise like that person was my soulmate but looking back you're sort of like I didn't really learn anything from that relationship it was just damaging but I mean I learned more about myself and what I'm capable of healing from than anything but it had nothing to do with that person so
0: yeah yeah
2: it can be it can definitely be um a non-romantic person as well like I mean some friends you just connect with they teach you so much about yourself and if that's in a positive way I would think that's probably as close to a soulmate as you can get
0: yeah definitely definitely I agree yeah um our next question is what advice would you give to
2: someone who might be feeling a bit shy before a friend date and how would how would they go about that and combating that
0: yeah I would say um make sure that you have been talking for quite some time before you Mm -hmm. actually agree to meet up so you know a little bit about the person and you know you've what have you really got to lose? I think if you are going to go and meet someone who you've never met before, maybe let someone else know where you're going. I think as well it's a, it's kind of if you view it the same
2: way that you'd view a date. I mean you yeah. know I talk to so many guys on dating apps and then you meet up for a drink or whatever. but the outcome of those is usually I mean not usually negative, but it's not going to be a long lasting thing. And if you sort of mm. see, A friend date as something, you know, you don't have to be best friends after the date, but it's just sort of opening your world to a new person who, yeah, you can learn from and like have fun with, you can go out with, you can, and you can explore different things in different friendships as well. Like I feel like you and I really connect over sobriety alongside line of duty, but I don't have (laughs) any other friends that have had- the same experiences with alcohol and that whole scene that are now sober. Because I think a lot of people that are sober, finding your sober tribe is quite tricky because a lot of people are sober for different reasons, like whether it was addiction or whether it's religion or whether it's, you know, cultural or just their upbringing or maybe they don't like alcohol. You know, I think connecting in sobriety is really important to staying sober and sort of um, encouraging you not to relapse just because you need to find people that – on your level and I think when we were hanging out having dinner we there were so many times we were like oh my god (laughs) phantom hangovers like I didn't even know that existed you know so
0: yeah yeah it's wild (laughs) I woke up with one today (laughs) it's really yeah me too yeah, I think it's a Saturday thing. It's a Saturday night thing. And I yeah.
2: had, there was a bonfire yesterday. So I was coughing loads this morning. So I was breathing in lots of smoke and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, like I actually feel hungover, but I was just literally so
0: like smoky <laughs> from this fire. It's so strange, isn't it? And really triggering. It's so weird.
2: <laughs> and like I woke up this morning and I was all, t- I mean, I went to bed at one or something. So I mean, I was tired, but I felt sick. Like the other night I was out. Yeah. I, at word drinks, came home, and I threw up. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> what? It was a phantom drunk. Like, I felt drunk, and I literally Did you had actually? Like, yeah, I fully felt drunk. Like, I had soda, water, and then a mocktail, and I came home yeah. and spewed, and I was like, this is like a phantom so drunk
0: experience. It's so weird. The body <laughs> is so strange. It just holds on yeah. to, like, memories without you even realising. I think as well yeah. about making friends in, like, sobriety in general, I think – when you find out that someone else is sober, that's kind of like this comrade <laughs> camaraderie, camaraderie, <laughs> yeah. yes, Comradery. It's so true.
2: <laughs> so it's instant.
0: So it's like you instantly feel connected to that person because you you kind of know what what you're both going through. You know what it feels like to be. In early sobriety and
2: definitely. And I think in a way, sobriety can be a lot like a breakup because you're sort of mourning your future life, grieving for your past life and fun self, and then also trying to come to terms with why it's a good decision. So I think if you can if you can sort of because I mean there'll be a lot of people listening right now that aren't sober and don't have any plans to go sober or anything, but if you can sort of imagine Mm. When you hear a friend's going through a breakup, you're just like, "Oh, I know that sucks." Like, uh, you know, I'm. You might be doing well, but you can just feel for your friend. You can empathize so much. I think sobriety is the same. When you meet someone who's sober, you you feel all those feelings that they're going through in early sobriety. Like you're confused, you're unsure. Like, yeah, you, know, you might be feeling self conscious. You know, there's just so many different feelings that come into it. So yeah, you're so right in saying. That there's this instant connection when you meet someone who's yeah. on the same level as you. I mean, it makes me interested to wonder what other things I'm ignorant to in my life that other people connect over. You know, yeah, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what they might be. But whether it's you know breakups or or sobriety, I mean, I don't I don't even know like what what kind of hardships that can be turned into a positive that people might connect over. But do you know what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. I think grief is probably one. I mean, like breakup mm. when you go through a breakup process, that is like grieving. But in terms mm. of actual like when people die, I think people connect over that as well. I think there's lots of things, like there can be like incidents that have happened where people are all together in that one moment and then they're sort of like mm. linked for life. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, like they're they're quite deep, but you know, like they're they're things that hardships that I think you are connected by or can be connected by um it's so funny when I think about when we went for our little friend date like I just remember walking away and and I just couldn't remember what we'd even spoken about because I feel like we went <laughs> on so many different tangents. It was really funny, like we were just sort of talking continuously the whole time.
2: <laughs> Genuinely, and it just like go from one thing to another to another to yeah. another. It was like a giant spider web, <laughs> and then it's like leaving a real date because I was just like, "Did it go well? Like, are we getting to text? Like, what if she didn't like yeah. me?" <laughs> and then it's like, and then we the messaged like had so much fun. I was like, "Oh my god, it was like yeah, a real date." Like. I think is better than a real date because it's like you can have as many friend dates as you want and you're not cheating on any of your friends and, you know, there's no pressure. You can, you can explore that friendship to whatever level you want but um yeah, yeah and it's not like you ever have to break up it's Like, it's just ideal
0: yeah and i feel like there's that there's the th- there's that pressure as well when you go on a date that there you know there's kind of like is there going to be sexual tension or is there going to be sex involved <laughs> yeah. but when you know when you know that there is it's a friend date mm. do you know what i mean like you're meeting up to connect with someone on a platonic level yeah. then that pressure is removed oh. and it's so much easier and you know i think i mean I- I'm, I'm saying this, I haven't been on a date in such a long time. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> but I'm assuming that that's what it's like. <laughs> From memory. <laughs> I'm so single, it hurts. Oh, my God, me too, genuinely. I <laughs> can't even
2: explain. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> I honestly encourage everyone listening to just try a friend date. I think there's so much that can be said about connection online versus real life, and I think everyone sort of – you know, realize where they stand on this in the last year because we've made so much effort to connect with our friends and our family. Um, I was actually reading up, this is really interesting because there's a lot of, a lot going around on social media about how, you know, suicide rates have gone up and depression levels have gone up and anxiety has yeah. gone up in the pandemic. But um, the, in the UK, yeah. rates of um, suicide have actually stayed exactly the same. They've done studies and it, ha- oh, really? yeah, it hasn't gone up at all. And They think this is due to people making an extra effort to reach out to others, to stay connected, to speak about their mental health, to talk about if they're feeling anxious or depressed and those feelings of isolation and loneliness are quite normalized so because the, everyone's you yeah. know making an extra effort to check in on their mates because you know you're isolated at yeah. home or whatever they're thinking that that has actually yeah. um has actually helped a lot of people that you know may have may have been depressed regardless but I think this idea that oh this is only temporary this is gonna all end soon and stuff like once lockdown's over I'll feel better has allowed people to hang on so yeah There is a lot that can be said about online connection. And I think now that everything's opening up, we have to encourage everyone to just try a friend date. I mean, would you recommend a friend date?
0: Absolutely. I also think like even if you don't meet if like maybe you've had to reassess what you actually want to do when you when we're coming out of lockdown, hobbies-wise. Like if you start a new hobby and you actually go to it in person, that's a really good way to make friends if it's not online um but I would 100% recommend going on friend dates they're really fun and if it doesn't work out then that's fine like at least you got to eat some good food or drink some coffee whoever
2: (laughs) exactly and I think as well one more thing um before we wrap up is if you are sober going for dinner's great but I think just like a sober date I would recommend like bowling board game bar darts like something where you can sort of like have something to do as well as you know chatting and getting to know each other because it just makes the whole thing so much easier so this applies to regular dates and friend dates yeah just have something to focus on just take it with a grain of salt like it's all a bit of fun and yeah thank you so much for joining the podcast
0: bee it's been amazing get it bee bean (laughs) thank you so much for having me i have really enjoyed chatting today (laughs) what did you say (laughs) I said bee, bean. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed my chat with bee. Please let me know if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share on my Instagram. It's at madsworld.mp3 or on my website, it's madsworld.co. Love and elbow taps. Peace.